There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, which are at my home in St. Louis. And this interview this week, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at EvergreenSTL.com, is an interview we recorded in late January early February, one or the other. Um, however, it's a timeless classic, and we have never released it. Um, and, uh, and one of the reasons was I, I went down to Jupiter, Florida for my Cardinal Spring training stuff and uh, did interviews with a variety of members of the Cardinals, which you can still go back and listen to. Um, gosh, it seems so long ago. I'm forgetting who. Jack Flaherty was outstanding, Paul Goldschmidt, Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond. I feel like I might be leaving someone out, Gangster Pete, because I'm doing this off the top of my head as opposed to proper hosting, which be to, would be to actually look at it. Um, and then I know uh, Adam Long, the uh, Francis Howell slash Duke grad, who is now in the PGA Tour, uh, making his uh, second appearance in the podcast. Um, all these interviews... And we're going to be talking with Yadier Molina, John Mazalak, and uh, David Lee, who lives in Miami. I was going to catch up with him. Um, either him come up to Jupiter, do an interview, or me go down to Miami. And then, of course, with everything that has transpired, everything put on hold. Now, with Caden Cross, um, as odd as I realize it might sound to some, um, just because I think there's for some people, and I get it. I, you know, I think Caden herself would would get it, even though, you know, it's it's. I suppose when you kind of dig into it, you would go, eh, I don't. Maybe now that I think about it, maybe it's not the right perspective. But whatever. Caden Cross, an adult film star, not really performing much anymore. Um, more of a director. I think the last couple of years she's won Best Director, and she is somebody I would consider a friend, uh, to the point where um, I have uh, met her husband, who is a performer, uh, and her daughter. And my wife knows Caden. And I know, that, like, for some people, it's like, what? What in the world? But I don't know. I mean, it's just that we, we uh, got to know each other more than 10 years ago, text um, at the very least every few weeks, and uh, she's legitimately um, just a cool person. And... I, I guess, and I'm sure Caden would say the first thing uh, in, agreeing, in agreeing with this. You'd be the first one to agree with that, you know, the stereotype of an adult film star, um, perhaps it, it may be accurate, may be more accurate from the past than what's going on now with a lot of adult film stars uh, running their own businesses and controlling their own content, which is something we talk about. But, um, but Caden is incredibly sharp, and we actually get into this over the course of the conversation, there was a time uh, a few years ago where I thought that it was, I, never, I don't know if I ever thought it was better than 50%, but it had a decent percentage. 
of me and Caden um, working with Artie Lang on Artie's show um, as we were communicating. I had gone up there and, and done the show a couple times with Artie in New York, and they liked when we worked together, and I had suggested that um, that we bring uh, Caden up from uh, across the country from L.A., and do a few shows with the three of us. And that was actually about to happen. This is 2013, I believe. And uh, the week we were going to do it, they wound up, there was something going on where they wound up having to do something with the studios. It's the same studio where Dan Patrick would do his radio show from, the morning after he would host Sunday Night Football on NBC. I know he's not doing that anymore, but this went on for a number of years, and that was the same studio Artie did his show from. Uh, it's in Soho, for uh, for those of you uh, wondering specifics. And there was something going on with redoing the studio, and it was that week, and because it's in a you know very busy area and traffic had been blocked off, they couldn't reschedule it. And then so help me when they reschedule to have us come back and – and an audition together essentially to see how we would all work together. I Caden had gotten pregnant and that was it. Or she'd found out she was pregnant. I think she was probably pregnant at the time, but she found out she was pregnant. And that was it. And uh it's one of those I I think we talk about it in, in the podcast. Uh this it was sliding doors moments and that was a that was a big sliding doors moment. And by that I mean what would have happened? Because I think the thing would have been outstanding. Because um, she's so good, she's she's quick-witted. Um, obviously, she's attractive, but she's sharp too. And so I think, and I, I recall talking about this with uh, Gangster Pete when we recorded our initial intros and outros for this. And I wanted to update it with the coronavirus being the focal point here. Um, that Pete, if I'm not mistaken, you said uh, it sounded like like two friends talking as opposed to like me going, "Okay, so you're in." <laughs> tell me what it's like the first time you worked with her, you know, and then sitting there and you could tell I'm like trying to like stifle my soft cow as I conduct the interview. That's that that's not what this uh, that's not what this was. But it was it was more of like two people. And we hadn't talked on the phone with his text and uh, and hadn't talked in a while. It was right after the AVN. And she won Best Director again. But the reason why I wanted to redo the intro for the purpose of uh, putting this up for March, April 2020 is because obviously the world is incredibly difficult. And if you were just listening to it and going, oh, Tim, you just interviewed Caden. How can you not ask her about how the coronavirus is impacting the adult industry? Well, the answer is we recorded the interview in January and we've just kind of had it in our uh, holster, so to speak. Um, because I knew I was going to be having all these Cardinals slash golf slash David Lee um, and who else, who knows what else. And then, of course, the world changed, and so didn't do a number of those interviews. And um, and that's that's the background on it. Um, Gangster Pete, I mean, I, we did do the interview. God, I guess it's probably about two months ago now at that point. Anything standing out to you from the conversation based on memory? Yeah. Th- what? She just she wasn't your typical what you would be your stereotypical uh adult star. She's super smart and there's a lot of business talk. Yeah, about the yeah, business you're right. side That's of the industry right. and I really got into that cuz I'm a geek yeah, for that there, kind of there stuff. Is, 
because because when she was when she started out, which I think I, I met her in two thousand nine, if I'm not mistaken, and she came here and did a few events with us, and uh, and um, met her daughter a few years ago with, when they were just at, at dinner. We were in, we were both in Las Vegas at the same time. She goes, "Oh my God, you got to come down and and meet her uh, daughter." And, and she was with Manuel, her. Uh, her gentleman lover and uh, Anna Marie and I and her we'd all hung out before so you know it's good to see her and, and so on and so forth and it's and I get it because on the outside looking in like Pete if you were to say yeah I'm great friends with I don't know Nicole Aniston or something like that I'd be like oh my god and be like yeah I mean you know we just kind of talk about being vegan and you know our workouts which is kind of her thing I'd be like oh okay that's not what I was hoping for you know and I get it but um, you know, don't get me wrong. We obviously we obviously talk about the stag industry, but this is not a. So, you worked with you know Janine Lindemolder. Tell me what that was like. You know that's not what this is. So you can form your own opinion on it. But I think it's I think you get an idea of why I. So I go to the people at Directv, and I sent. I mean, I remember. God, I don't know if I should get into it all because I'm. It'll be getting into names and. I'll, so on and so forth. But the, the gentleman who was in charge of DirecTV's content creation, so not like the head of DirecTV, but I mean, obviously a high up for DirecTV. And, um, and I emailed him after they were going to have me come back. And I said, I, and I just looked back on it and God, it wasn't, it's not like I was 20. This is only a few years ago. And there's so many of these things where I just like cringe and I think how much I wrote to him. I wonder if I saved it. I should post it because it's so embarrassing. But it's this long email to this man who God only knows, you know, I mean, how much he's accomplished in entertainment. And here's this random guy who does this stupid show in St. Louis making this passionate plea for him to fly a porn star across the <laughs> country to audition with with me and Artie Lang in this ridiculously nice studio in New York City, and he had to have been like, this guy is crazy. We have to distance ourselves from him. You know, and, and, and I don't know what has happened in between 2013 and 2020 where I recognize how bat crap that is, but at the time, it seemed reasonable as can be, and it's not like I was on anything. I don't know. I, it, you know... I'm I'm with the exact. I was married. I wasn't a father. I don't think that's what's changed. You know, Anna Marie and I have been together at this point now for you know twelve years. I, I I don't know. I don't know why I look back on it and go, God, that's so cringy that I'm that I did that. I think I think if I can take myself back to it, I wanted to convey as passionately as I could how much I believed in it. But I don't know if there would have been a better way to do it. And I remember getting on the phone with him, and and he. I mean, we did talk for a while, and it was. I mean, obviously they were going to do it because they were going to fly her up, and then it just wound up not happening. And I stay in touch with Artie's producer, um, a guy named Dan Falato, who um, works with Harry Shear, uh, who some people will recognize, um, Spinal Tap. And, uh, and he's an accomplished guy, friends with Kelly Chase, and uh, really good friends with Mark Grace. And, um, and we talk about it, and he's like, isn't it amazing? Like, what? He goes, we were so big on you being Artie's co-host, but, and I go, I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm like, the thing would have killed it 
if we would have gotten Caden. I, and I still believe that. And I, I really do. I like. I kind of wish I could like go into like some kind of like parallel universe or universe or or TV show and see what would have happened. And and then at the same time, it might not have worked out because obviously, Artie has has battled all kinds of things over the last few years. Although it looks like he is uh, doing really well, which is incredibly cool to see. But um, yeah, we talk about that. Talk about the stag industry. She's fresh off the AVNs, and. Um, and and I think you get a sense for just, you know, kind of who she is, which is not, as Pete just said, your stereotypical, uh, you know, porn star. And then also um, what you were talking about, Pete, with regard to the business side of it, this is something I was unaware of. Because in, in the 2000s, and I guess part of the 90s, with Jenna Jameson, she was like, it was like, oh, Jenna Jameson's making a million dollars a year doing this. Well, now, per Caden, there are a bunch of performers making seven figures because they own their own content and they sell it. So from a business thing, even if you're like, oh, this is the devil's work, I can't listen to it, it's not, that's not what the conversation is. It's, it's more business, which might disappoint more of you than actually get more of you to listen. And at this point, if you've clicked on the Caden Cross interview <laughs> and you've heard me talk about it for 15 minutes, you already kind of are uh, invested. So uh, Caden is presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies at a time like now. Uh, you really need to have someone, really need to uh, have someone. And uh, I cannot recommend Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies enough. The peace of mind you have from knowing you can email, you can call, uh, somebody to give you advice during this time, that's invaluable. And then on top of it, a person, the caliber of Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, uh, online at evergreenstl.com. You know, he works with everyday people every day. You really can't go wrong. Uh, his number is 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. He presents our guests every week here on the Tim McKernan Show. We also, Gangster Pete, might be in a spot where our guest streak will come to an end, although I suppose I can do phone interviews, right? I guess we could yep. do that. That's that's that, in play. That That might be in play. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see how we wind up because, uh, the, you know, with the circumstances as they are, I am at my home. Gangster Pete is at the studios. The radio station has issued an edict for uh, a minimal amount of people to come into the offices. So uh, I'm connected with the same Comrex device that I was connected to the station with when I was in Florida. Now that's back in my basement, but it would allow me to do phone interviews. So we'll see, but I'll certainly continue to do questions from the audience. You can email in whatever question, slash opinion, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Gangster Pete and I doing that at least once a week, if not twice a week uh, during this time. And uh, in uh, the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I am in the midst of refinancing with Ryan Kelly and his staff at the Home Loan Expert. Dot com. So I am now in first-person mode on Ryan Kelly. And, um, you know, when I say this about uh, other companies, it's not intended to be a shot. It's just there is absolutely a difference with the HomeLoanExpert.com staff. And um, I wasn't really even sure I was going to do it. Uh, so I wasn't, like, saying, I'm going to refinance with Ryan Kelly because then it would have been awkward if I didn't. And uh, now it is happening, and so now I can talk about it, and I can talk about the process. And I guess, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people care about the process and how easy it is, and you should. You can go to thehomeloanexpert.com and experience it for yourself. Here's what more people probably care about, how much money you can save on your house payments. And that it, it, it's to a point now with interest rates, which are moving all over the place, so you do want to get them locked in when they're at their best, that it is 
borderline harmful to you to not refinance. You are leaving a large amount of money on the table. And uh, and that's why I'm just like, okay, I got to do it. TheHomeLoanExpert.com, Ryan Kelly's incredible staff. Uh, I am in the process of working with them right now. And I'm also speaking firsthand about James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, he is my insurance agent. I made the switch to him. And he's just, you know, I don't even know what it was. It was a few weeks ago. And he was just talking about how grateful he is to our audience and how many people who listen to this show uh, have gotten on board with with James and his staff. And I'm thrilled to hear it because now I know these people who are uh, loyal listeners of uh, the radio show and the podcast are now in great hands because James Carlton is uh, as good as it gets. He truly is. His number is 314-961-4800. You can see for yourself when you go online and look at the Google reviews, the Facebook reviews, his uh, site is carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton State Farm. And Design Air, heating and cooling online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. During this time, uh, the official HVAC provider of this program is uh, an essential business. And uh, with so many people at home, uh, nearly everyone at this point, you are uh, wanting to make sure that your uh, air is purified. They do that for you. And people, I'm certain, are hesitant on having people come into their homes. Well, Design Air is taking major precautions before they come into your home to take care of your home's HVAC. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com, the number one trained dealer in the Midwest. Friendly reminder, subscribe to this podcast, post good reviews. That's what we like. That's what we need. We're two and a half years into this thing. I guess more than two and a half years into this thing. And grateful for people's support. Uh, And then also um, support our sponsors, please. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, and Design Air Heating and Cooling, uh, the number one train dealer in the Midwest, online at designairservice.com, and Johnny Londoff Chevrolet Highway 270, and the Washington Elizabeth Exit, online at londoff.com, Chevy, find new roads. So we talk about entrepreneurs. Well, here you go. Not necessarily the direction you probably thought we were going to go, but here it is, our conversation this week, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies with the great Caden Cross, recorded once again, just for your information, at the end of January or early February, uh, pre uh, the world changing uh, with the coronavirus and, of course, her business, certainly. But still, it's a conversation that is uh, that still is evergreen, and it is here on the Tim McKernan Show. Caden Cross, my guest. What's up, Caden? Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful. What a, what, a, what, a, what a treat this is. I just happened to see you tweet something. I'm like, gosh, oh, she's up because I know you like to sleep in. And so I didn't want to bother you early in the morning out there. You know, the, the, the sleep in thing is, is, is an outdated um, an outdated trait of mine. <laughs> so what, you're getting life. up at like seven now? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of part of my daily existence. Oh, I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a bad beat. Uh, our producer, uh, Pete, is here. How are her uh, levels? Looks good. All right. Let's just go Hi, right Kate. in. Hi, Caden. Caden says hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. All right, you good? We're just going to blow. This is great. We have no plan. I love doing this. I love operating without plans. Good. Then this is perfect. This this is a spontaneous podcast. So the background for the audience is Caden and I have talked about 
Well, we've talked about doing a show together, period, and that goes back years, but we've talked about you being on the podcast, and I, I saw you tweet uh, just a few minutes ago, and I go, oh, she's up, Caden being in Southern California and all, and I said, oh, maybe this would be a time. I'm in the studio. We have time. I wonder if she has time, and we won't have to worry about planning it out around your schedule or mine, and you said, sure, why not, and look, here we are doing an interview. Here we are. So... You are fresh off of winning Best Director at the AVNs. That had to yeah, uh, yes. that had to be significant for you. You know, it it is, and um, it's it's funny because like, so the, the first so I won last year, and so that first time, uh, it was sort of I, I didn't think it was actually possible. Um, it had never been done before that a that a performer had won that, and then just in general, I. I, I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And with that was the second year, there was just a lot of pressure to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Live up and to it. I, I Make sure like, it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Prove you're real. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I spent this whole past year being very concerned that maybe it was a fluke <laughs> and working very hard and feeling a lot of pressure to do it all over again. Well, and you so... So, so, so then you get it, and and I, I felt like you know being an observer of the industry, as you know, uh, as you know, I am. I thought it was kind of like a foregone conclusion at this point that you're going to win. I guess you didn't feel that way, which is good because I'd kind of be arrogant if you thought that. But I think observers thought that it was a foregone conclusion. You know, pe- people were telling me that, but they were like people I know and like, <laughs> so I felt like they were going to tell me that regardless. All right. <laughs> Of whether it was true, it's hard to trust people you love. <laughs> They're so, not gonna tell you the truth. So when you win it, I mean, it looked like I mean, you looked really, really happy, thrilled. I don't know if I can I, if I can use the term emotional, but that's kind of what my I read was. Emotional. You were emotional. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't want to put those words out there, but yeah, if that's the case, then that's great. So, so I mean, what what does it mean to you? Um, I mean, it means it wasn't a fluke. Uh, you, you know, my my peers, uh, the critics who are watching my stuff, are legitimately finding it to be of high quality and value, uh, which I, you know, every time I'm doing this, I'm fucking, I'm hoping that I'm hoping it's coming out that way. Um, it, it definitely means I'm going to be hitting this coming year, feeling that same amount of pressure to do it all over again. <laughs> you're, you're already in that but, mindset that now you've got to do it again. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm, an, I'm like on a hamster wheel now, <laughs> <laughs> but, but these past few days, it's just been like this emotional, like come down. I feel like, um, so that, that's been really interesting. There so was, when you say emotional come down, like, what do you mean? Because I, I want to psychoanalyze this. Like, like there was yeah, all this pressure yeah. building up to it. Now that you're like, is it a, like when you say come down, like let down or what, what does that no, mean? No, no, no. It's like there, there was the emotional build up right. of that anticipation and that what if I lose and like just the, the stakes feeling very high for me. And now I've won and there was sort of a, a night of kind of like disbelief. And now I'm just kind of settling back into reality. And I feel like all the pent up emotion of that night is slowly dissipating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I believe I cried over a brownie yesterday. It was intense. The brownie got resettling. It just, it's, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just drifting back down to, you know, a, a more, State now. Well, I'm very happy for you because I know this has meant a lot to you to get into this. When you were when you started out performing, did you have any interest in doing directing, or was this something that just kind of happened over the last few years? 
literally zero interest. I remember in my first year, actually, there was an interview where someone was like, would you ever want to direct? And I was like, hell no, <laughs> that looks like work. <laughs> like it is. Um, no, you know, you know, what's, what, what I enjoy about directing is it's just another, it's another, I, I found the way finally, all I wanted to do this whole time was write. Like be, before I was in the adult industry, I, I wanted to write in seventh grade. I was writing, um, I was taking these college courses where I had teachers who were like really pushing me to pursue that. And of course, then I was like, no, I'll go strip instead. <laughs> and um, then all the way through, you know, my career as an adult performer, I was taking writing courses and, and submitting, I was being published by various, you know, media outlets. You wrote for us. You wrote for us. I wrote for you. Yeah. No, I, I, like I, I enjoy writing. I was writing in my free time. I've, I'm sitting on literally hundreds of thousands of words of just like unpublished or unreleased content. And um, it, it was my dream to be able to cross over in some sense and make money as a writer. But writers, for the most part, don't make money. Yeah. I mean, you have the occasional, you know, Harry Potter series. And then everything else is like freelancers, like just trying to make rent every month. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just didn't, you know, it's just, it's, it's a tough time for writers to, to live comfortably. You either have to be a smashing success or probably have a second job. And so I was always looking at that, trying to figure out where I could fit my love of writing into something that actually could be monetized. And it was, you know, as the saying goes, like right there in front of me the whole time and directing became that, you know, cause I'm sitting down and writing these scripts and then just being on set is me just whittling all the pieces into trying to fit what I had written, what was in my head, how it should be. And I'm just, you know, that's, that's all it comes down to. I'm just pushing the writing onto people and forcing them. Okay. So that's so my idea of how they should be. But what you're doing is clearly working. It seems like the best in the industry want to work with you. Um, and, and so my question is, I would, I, my, my, my prediction on what the answer is going to be, I like them both, but one's just a totally different experience. You've performed and mm-hmm. one of the biggest stars when performing and now directed and now highly acclaimed director in the industry. Which one do you enjoy more? You, you know, I sometimes look back at my time performing and I'm like, God, that was a really easy gig. <laughs> and I, and I sort of miss the free time I had and the kind of personal liberty I had in terms of, you know, I worked two days a month as a performer and of course I was always busy, but it was because I chose to be and I would be doing one thing or another in appearance or this or that. Um, and so, so I really enjoyed that. I was just kind of doing something that was fun and then having a lot of free time to do what I enjoyed doing around that. Um, you know, I, I had like a decade of just doing whatever I wanted. Yeah. With no, personal responsibility to anybody. And that was nice. Um, so I, I look back at that time and I really miss a lot of those elements. Um, but, but then now like I've got responsibility. It seems like to everyone these days, you know, I, I have a, I have a family that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I, I'm the woman in it. <laughs> I'm the person who's responsible for all of, all of the, Need meeting and what your daughter? Your da- my guess is your daughter's six. Am I right on that? Just turned six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I, I'm responsible for all all of all of the, the raising and the rearing and the, the personal time and you know making sure homework's done and all of that. 
I'm changing the light bulbs on <laughs> when they break. I'm calling, you know, the plumber when something goes wrong. I'm running a household, uh, and then I'm running a company. Like really, I was at ABN and talking to my CPA because we're trying to make sure those 1099s are out by the 31st. Yeah, not <laughs> not as hot as everybody assumes. What's going on is going on. It's not that fun, but yeah, it's not that fun keeping all the pieces running. But the the, the high of creating something which was what I was always chasing with writing is finally being met and I'm finally able to monetize it. Yes. That's what I was about to say. You're being rewarded for that talent. I can keep refining the craft. And and what, what I like about that is, you know, is I can look at, I'm forced every day. I'm just, when I was writing in the past, it was like, Oh, I I feel like doing this right now. I will do this right now. And then when I wanted to fuck off, I would fuck off. Um, it is my job to every single day sit down and create something, which is just repetition, repetition, repetition. And um, I feel like now if, if, if all of this stopped, then the, the, the sort of discipline I've been forced to learn would really be useful to write a book or do, do some other form of writing in some other area at this point. I feel like it's just that day in, day out work at the job of it has, has really forced me to better myself. So with, with, with doing that now, is, is this, is the, does this mean that you are absolutely 100% done as a performer or will you occasionally make a uh, front of the camera appearance? You know, I actually just did a front of the camera appearance. It's going to be our uh, Valentine's update on deeper. Um, so I'm in the scene and it's actually a really cool scene. I'm pretty pretty proud of it. I think it's neat. Um, I, I would say if I make an on-camera appearance, it's once or twice a year. It's generally just as a sort of like special thing because I can. And, you know, I always did enjoy performing. It was just not the passion that writing is. That's more fulfilling. Who, who is the uh, scene with? Uh, Kenna James and Manuel Ferrara. Of course. Gentleman lover. And uh, I he think he's from lover, and and I think I think Kenna is from our area. I think she has some tie to to St. Louis. Yeah, you know, I think she is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, so so you've been here, uh, and for people who who may not be aware, uh, and I don't really even know how it how it all came to pass. You came on the show. I think it was like 2009. That's what I want to want to go back to 2009. Um, and, and you had a great appearance on the show. Not not surprising. We hung out um, and and then have just you know have been on the show a few times. Maintained rapport. Uh, I fancy myself as the is the great porn scout of the Midwest, and will <laughs> and will text you anytime I see someone I think is going to be a huge star in the industry. No, I will say you have a legitimate talent here. Yes, fancy. Like it is really something to behold. Some, some of the things, like, you, you'll send me faces. And, and a lot of the time, I'm like, no, 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 I knew about this first. But sometimes I'm like, damn, damn, you are on that. Because yep. it's my job to be on it, and you are beating me to it. And isn't, isn't it weird and, and really creepy for a 43-year-old married father to be ahead of somebody who is the best director of, of the year, back-to-back years, and here I am in the middle of the country, and I am finding these people. Hedy. Isn't there something when we take a step back that's really, really creepy about that? 
I think it's sweet. You're just following your passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have. I don't have. It's it, it, to me. I'm I, when I when I say it, it's, it actually makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, it's hitting home. How fucked up it is. But um, but but there have been a few over the years. I'm like, oh my god, look here. And then like three months later, you know, there you are. There's uh, Manuel, and uh, and and you guys are working with her. And you know, I go, you know what? I've done my work for the day. I feel I feel, that's yeah. like you with directing and writing. I have fulfilled my passion, whatever the yeah, hell it is. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it really. Is. So here's the other thing. And I wonder about this. And I wonder if you ever even think about it. And I don't know how much you remember about it, but I swear I think about it. It's like it's like one of those sliding. Are you familiar with the movie Sliding Doors with the delightful Gwyneth Paltrow? It's like 20 years old. No, I don't know the movie. Okay, so she they, they show she misses a subway, I think in either uh, the UK, in London, or in, in New York, and they show one version of her life if she would have gotten on the subway, and then the movie runs parallel with had she went not getting on the subway, the sliding door, she missed it. And, mm-hmm. and so I go up to New York and do the Artie Lang show. This is in 2013. And he was, they were looking for someone to be his co-host uh, after Nick DiPaolo, the comedian, left the show. And we had a good, we had a really good second show. I did two shows and the second show was really good. And I'm at the airport in New York City flying down to Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida. And the door closes and the plane starts to taxi. And then something happens where there's a delay. So we're just sitting on there, but they won't let anybody get off. And I can't call anybody back and I can't reach. And the guy who's the producer of the show called me and said, if you are still in the New York area, do not leave. We want to talk to you. We want you to come back and do the show tonight. And we want to talk about something long term. But I couldn't get off the plane. And it... It's such a motherfucker. Now, of course, Artie has had his issues over the last seven years. But the thing that I pitched them, and I still to this day, but it would have been your sliding. It's my sliding doors, and it could be your sliding doors as well. As you know, if you remember, at that time we were talking, and it's it's not to say you were in by any means. You have a whole life in, in Southern California, so I want to make that clear. It's not like you're like, yeah, I'm going to drop everything and move to New York. But my <laughs> my, my pitch to them was... I'll kind of be the guy who will bring it out of break and then you'll have Artie and then Caden Cross. And I sent them video you on like with John Stossel on Fox. And I'm like, listen, I know you're going to go. She's an adult film star. So you'll, you'll dismiss her. But I'm like, she's got her shit together. She's a very smart lady. She'll be perfect for this and we'll have a show that'll take off. And therefore here it is. And I'm writing these executives at AT AT&T direct TV going, this is your show. This is your solution. Me, Artie Lang and Caden Cross. And I know we talked about it. Now, I don't know how seriously you were considering it, but if I'm not mistaken, when we were talking about it, that's right when you got pregnant. That's what I think all happened. It's been a few yeah, years. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think we were talking about it, and then uh, my life took a big old turn, and <laughs> here we are talking about it now. <laughs> yeah, here we are, six, six years later. Do, do you think you, you, you would have done it? Like, had they actually come to the table with something like that would have meant enough for you to move? Do you think you would have done it? You know, I, I think it would have been something to seriously consider. For one, New York is a place I've always wanted to live. I, I think doing a show with you, with you would have been one of the most amazing and awesome and fun things ever. Um, and definitely at that time in my life, I was I was at a crossroads. Of, you know, I was kind of wrapping up the, the performing as a contract star and looking ahead and, you know, 
I don't even know that I was sure what I was going to do next. Yeah, I remember that. I remember, I remember, I mean, where I am right now, our studios, and I don't think you've been in these studios, and I was outside, outside of my gym, actually. I remember being on the mic so I can picture it, and we're kind of like, God, what do we do? What do you want to do? And then I remember a couple days later, you're like, well, the decision's been made. And I'm like, what do you mean? And you're like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess that'll I guess that'll wrap it up. Guess it'll wrap it up. But we've always talked about it. And then you and Manuel did a podcast for a time. Uh, did you enjoy doing that? What was it we did? Um, let me think. Yeah, so that one that was that was actually really fun. And it was within the industry, uh, you weren't the ones running it, which I think was the reason. Yeah, that's that what it, I remember. That was your, yeah. I kind of had some creative differences with the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun. I mean, part of the reason it was so fun was it just came to our house, and then we, we bantered with people we enjoyed bantering with, and, and then it left our house. It was extremely convenient. Yeah, you can't argue with uh, the home studios. You, you cannot you cannot argue with home delivery of your hobby. Like, it's just, it was fun. Um <laughs> But yeah, it, it was enjoyable for a time. And uh, and now I've heard you on uh, with Holly Randall. I listen to that podcast. I'm a, I'm a regular listener of the Holly Randall podcast. And I know you were on there Her like a doing very a, a, well. Yeah, I was on there after Abigail released. Yes, that's right. Which was a uh, big hit. And it seems like, if my read is correct, and uh, and perhaps I'm off, but I'm pretty confident in my read here that Maitland Ward. She's like your, I realize you're, she's, your, she's your contract girl, but I, I also think taking that out of the equation, which I realize is a healthy part of the equation, but you are a huge fan of her both professionally and personally. That's my read, Caden. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I used to watch Boy Meets World after school. I watched white chicks in theaters with like my little friends and went to the, you know, our moms dropped us off at the theaters. <laughs> like The whole thing, like, I didn't know her name as an actress. I, I knew her character. And then meeting her in person the first time, you know, I really only found out about her doing anything in the adult sphere. Um, luckily, on the very same day that I lost my, my original actress for that role. And it was just this whirlwind where I, I, I call her agent. I'm like, if she will meet me at the Starbucks today, you know, here's the script. If she'll take the role, it's hers. <laughs> And she just like walked in and there was like this like light shining down on her, you know, it was, you know, <laughs> kind of following her like the Virgin Mary. It was really, really eerie. Um, and her eyes like glow with this, this ice blue and she's just like this positive, tall, statuesque, redheaded energy. And she just like, things gravitate toward her. And I remember like she walks and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, You're too good to be true. This is crazy. And then she was so excited about the script. And I, I, I immediately wanted her. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, God, you know, she's, she's going to expect, you know, the, all this mainstream quality diva stuff. And I'm not going to be able to provide it because I've got this budget. And she ended up being the chillest, most hardworking person on the entire set. <laughs> and to this day remains the chillest and most hardworking person on my set. That's an amazing thing. So I, th- I think people on the out, and obviously a lot of them, she's gotten now mainstream. Of course, she's going to get mainstream attention because she was on Boy Meets yeah, World. Yeah. But then I think people, and you know the program with this, if you're in the industry, then you've got to be fucked up. So what's wrong with Maitland Ward? So then there's an assumption, assumption that she's got to be like hooked on, take your pick of whatever narcotics or that she's a fucking mess. But I know you well enough to know that, you know, if that stuff was going on, you wouldn't be you know, you're a serious businesswoman, you wouldn't be hitching your wagon to her. 
Right. No, no, it's funny because the longer I'm around Maitland, the more impressed I am by her. You know, because you meet someone and then you, you, there's just like layers peel back and you just see more and more of them. And she is just absolutely one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And yeah, I mean, she's just so set on doing something good in adult, doing something really interesting, really so something that can really cross that barrier between adult and mainstream. She sees she sees something that I think maybe other mainstream personalities either see and were too terrified to pursue or don't see at all. But but obviously it's working. She she sees that there is there is a place to bridge the two. Um, I mean, I don't know if you saw Drive, but her work on that, just stepping into a role that wasn't even written for her, was was just fantastic. It was it's hypnotic to watch her on camera. And now this year, I'll be able to make something designed specifically for her. And I know whatever that project is, it's going to be bigger than adults. And she's just got the foresight to to jump on that and write it for all it's worth. Do you foresee what she has done leading to other women or men for that matter who are in mainstream? And I mean, you know, in fairness, it's not like she had been starring in Hollywood movies here in the last three years, but she wasn't a mainstream show. People knew her, uh, then potentially getting into the adult world. Do you think that this will be like the gateway drug, so to speak, as the gateway performer she would be? Absolutely. Really? I, I think that they're, uh, yeah, because you, you look at someone like Maitland Ward. She's, she's stunning. She's got a good history, but she was, she was just doing, doing her thing. Just, you know, she was volunteering for the, for um, some presidential campaign. She was, you know, she was volunteering she was on presidential campaigns. Yeah. She was didn't know that. doing stuff she loved. Yeah. No, Who was she, she working for? I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, cro- I crossed the line. I crossed well, the line, Well, I don't know if you even crossed the line. I mean, I, I, she's not shy about it, but I don't know. It's such a divisive time. Yeah, no, I but understand. Yeah, she, she, was, she was volunteering for presidential campaigns. She was running all, around doing all the cosplay stuff, building a huge fan base there. And, I, you know, if you, if you think about the probably hundreds of thousands of mainstream personalities over the, the decades who have had a good career and then gone off, you know, made their money and then gone off to just, do something else that's not in the spotlight. Um, it, it's too easy to, to watch what her career is doing. Like she is, everything she does is in the spotlight. I mean, she puts she puts a picture on Instagram, and In Touch Weekly is covering it. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy, and so she she's blazing this trail. And I know that there are mainstream personalities out there who are comfortable with their sexuality, who would love a challenge who see that there is something to be done here. Cause it's not just, okay, I'm going to go into porn and sit here. Like she, she has gone into adults and made a name for herself in the mainstream as someone doing something different. Mm-hmm. She's not just, she, she's not just like crossing over into the shadowy world of adult, never to be seen or heard from again. Yeah. So I, I think she's setting an example. And I think there are plenty of people like her who want to do something interesting and want to make a splash and want to be daring or risque or this or that, who, who would absolutely benefit from it. I'm curious about the business side of it right now. Um, and Because, again, as a listener of the Holly Randall podcast, you kind of hear it like I, I think people assume like it's like, so tell me what it was like when you hooked up with her for the first time, which is not what it is. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it's more, you know, the business side of it and the, you know, family elements, psychological friends living in, you know, the industry, that type of stuff. And, and so from the business side of it for you, as successful as you and your gentleman lover are, uh, as like the first couple of, of the industry, um, is it a better time now, now that you own slash control all of your content or was it easier to make money a decade ago when you were, uh, you know, whatever, 21-year-old Caden Cross, the performer? Oh, it, it, is, it is easier to make money now than ever before an adult. And, like, by factors of, by a factor of 10. Like, really? Insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish that the avenues available now had been av- had been available to me back when. So when I you're talking about, the, like, you're talking about, like, OnlyFans, energetic. you're talking about, like, partnerships with Pornhub, what are we talking about here? All of it. Yeah. Um, Mostly, yeah, it's the OnlyFans. So if you consider, you know, I have Clubcaden. I still have Clubcaden.com. You know, you, you go and you make your little website, you make your content, you'd have to split it with your with your webmaster, and it would be a, a lot of work. Like you, you were literally producing and directing your own content. Um, technology wasn't where it is today. It, yeah. it, it was a lot of work to create yeah. content, put it online, drive traffic, get people there. Um, and and th- those those women who were really on top of it and succeeding with their websites, they were happy. Like, and I'm talking about the best of the best. Like they, they were, they were kind of maxing out at about 10 grand a month pocketing. So, so what we're, we're talking about, so that was back, back then is what you're talking about? It was back then. Okay. Yeah. They could make maybe 10 grand a month you know, on that. And then they make their performing money and their featuring money and whatever, but that they, they maxed out there in that sphere at 10 grand a month. Only fans, uh, OnlyFans models who are running the most successful accounts are maxing out at six figures a month. Wow. And the work involved is. So we're talking about millionaires. Yeah. The work involved is far less than it ever was because you're taking your iPhone uh, and you're taking a bunch of pictures on your iPhone and then you're hitting send and now your work is done and you've updated your website. Like that, that just wasn't, it was a week of work to update a website in the past. Yeah, and yeah. You have to make sure you did so many sets in a day to make it economical. You'd have to plan this, hope the model showed up, you know, book the studio, book the photographer, book the videographer, get the editor, get the hard drive. Everything was work. And now you take out your iPhone, you snap some pictures, you hit send, and they go to the, the place they need to go, and then you're done. It's just, that's it. Oh, my God. And so so when Maitland Ward is... is uh, coming to me and making this contract with me for, for, for deeper, she's, she's a businesswoman and, and she understands that my movies are going to be huge vehicles that, that are worthy of attention and give and allow her to do her best work. But she's also a top model on OnlyFans. So whatever I pay her is like maybe a tip on what That's amazing. she's going to make just taking some iPhone pictures. Yeah, I think when I read some article, I don't know if it was like LA Times or whatever, that, that you know, and a bunch of people have written about her. And they were talking about like how she's making or she topped out at like 150000 a month from OnlyFans. I'm like, that's got to just be yeah. overstated. But no, that, that's, that's real. not overstated. Wow. That's real. So how many, how many yeah. women in the industry, and I don't know if any dudes are, uh, are making are making six figures a month from OnlyFans. What do you think? I don't know how many are, but I, I would say probably the same top percentage as was doing, you know, the 10,000 back right. during the, um, the website days. And that was, you know, maybe there are, are 10 of the top models doing 100,000, but then there's another 
30 doing 50,000 and then there's another 100 doing 20,000 like that's a lot of people making yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I mean that's I I had no idea cuz kind of kind of the, like the narrative on the outside looking in is oh well you can't make money in adult anymore. You know, and people go well look yeah, at Pornhub no, and all that. Yeah, but now there's partnerships with Pornhub, right? Yeah, yeah, no. So there, there was, there was like a, a gutter bottom that that everyone kind of had to go through at one point, and it, it was, sort sort of people were just kind of resigned to say, all right, there's no more money in porn. Um, that was just before Greg Lansky came out with Blacked, and everyone, everyone's response to the recession, to piracy, to everything that hit adult all at once, because it wasn't just. The recession that was worldwide. It wasn't just the, the media piracy. It was, you know, we, we were hit with new laws and there were just all these restrictions that, that, that got us all at once on top of the viewer just kind of becoming numb to nudity. Um, and so the, the solution in all of these big studios' minds was slash budget, slash budget, slash budgets, which of course meant slash quality, slash quality, slash quality. Um, and then also slash updates. Like it went from there were six scenes in a DVD to there's four. It mm-hmm. went from we're updating every so often to we're updating less often. Um, it went from we're shooting one or two scenes in a day to three or four. And so everything suffered. And porn became, in my opinion, the, the worst it has ever or will ever be in terms of just like usefulness to the viewer. So was that like 2013, then, 14, 15, 16? Is that kind of there? Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, from 2012 to yeah, probably 2014. That was really, to me, the the bottom of it. And that was when, because you know, I was watching it happen with my company. I was contracted to Digital, Digital Playground. Yeah. They were sold. It was just, it was just watching it. Just everyone stopped caring because there wasn't enough resource to care. And then suddenly, Greg Lansky was like, "No, we're going to do the opposite. We're we're going to." go high quality on a genre that previously has not been produced in a high quality manner. And it comes out with blacks.com and kills it because there's literally nothing like it. And no one else is producing quality the way he's producing. And then he comes out with Tushy, comes out with Vixen, he does the Rob Rams. And at that same time, like other people are watching him rise and they're like, oh, maybe it's worth investing in our product again. And other companies start investing again. Mm-hmm. And then the viewers who are tired of all this shit for free mm-hmm. are looking at the paid content. Content, They're like, hey, that's much better. And so now they're like, you know what? I'm going to pull my credit card out. And, and I was one of those people watching Greg Lansky. And then, you know, that, that's why I was doing trench coat. I was right. like, if Greg Lansky can go and make this sort of content that he cares about that has high production value, and make good money off of it, then I can probably make okay money off of doing the same thing. And that's what Trenchcoat was. And then the very people behind Greg Lansky saw my content on Trenchcoat, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's, that's, that was the, uh, the bridge to, uh, to bring you in. I know that was a decision for you. I, I would imagine at this yeah. point now, now that the cards have been turned over, you probably don't regret it for one second. But it was a decision because you're kind of going from having your own thing to now, quote-unquote, working for the man. Um Take me through that thought process, and now that it's been a few years, uh, how you feel about it? Yeah, well, I'm actually only technically a year into the deal because there was there was one year where I was just sort of for hire um, with with their companies uh, while we were working out the deal. So I'm officially one year into the deal, um, or one year and a couple of weeks or something like we announced it at ABM last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so my big decision at the time was, yeah, I'm going to go from doing my own thing, doing whatever the hell I want, to working for the man. And I was so concerned about working for the man and then ultimately decided to risk it because I had taken a lot of time getting to know these people who are, quote, unquote, the man. Um, and they ended up being everything I had hoped they would be in terms of leaving me creatively just completely alone. Um, they, they opened up my budgets. Obviously, they put a fantastic marketing force behind everything. Yeah. A really nice gloss on. They, they, they just did all the things that one person, uh, first of all, I couldn't do as one person. And secondly, I'm not even good at. <laughs> I, I'm good at creating the content. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very tired of, of wondering if, you know, the the user complaining about his, his login not working is either stupid or my <laughs> That's know? the worst. Like, there, That's something yeah, that affects worst. every industry. Is it human error or is it or is it is it something on our end? Yeah. And so now you don't yeah. have to worry about that. I don't have to think about all the crap that I wasn't even good at in the first place. Yeah. I was running trench coat entirely alone. Were you and, like literally like literally you were everything? Yeah, and, oh, that's and it no was fun. painful. Yeah. So, so to be able to unload those responsibilities onto people who are not only very good at it, but but want to take it and, mm-hmm. and maximize it, like it just has been the most freeing thing. Of course, then I've gone and raised my own expectations of what I should be doing, and put tons of pressure on myself to just do better, and it's turned into its own little mindfuck. Never, never the satisfied. I've partnered with. Have been fantastic. So with the bit, so with more potential revenue in the business, albeit from different streams than existed a decade ago, are you finding the caliber of pool of performers to be better? And by that, I don't necessarily. Absolutely. So you're already saying absolutely. I'm, I'm not just talking about absolutely. appearance, but I'm also talking about like work ethic, not necessarily sketched out on take your pick of whatever particular you know vice. Your yeah, answer is absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. There, there are more and better performers available now, in my opinion, than ever before. I mean, shining example, Maitland Ward. But um, there are so many performers who step foot on my sets now where they walk on. I'm like, God, you would have been a contract girl in a minute back in the day. And, you know, back in the day, there were like six contract girls. Right. And everyone was like, God, I can't believe they're in porn. Who are these people? And now there's like, there's Emily Willis and Gianna Dior and Naomi Swan and, and, you know, Riley Reed and Angela White. Just like the list goes on and on and on. Just like fantastic performer after fantastic performer. Kenneth James. Like there, there are so many of these big names who are just stunning. Their work ethic is as aggressive as any of the best in any other industry. Um, they're, they're monetizing like crazy. They're promoting like crazy. They're in crazy shape. They're just... Those, those performers didn't exist in my day. Like, I, I was considered A-list talent in my day. I am half as motivated <laughs> as these girls. <laughs> they definitely eat cleaner than I ever did back then. <laughs> but now, it's, it's, it's just crazy. So, like, with, like uh, if I'm not mistaken, with Gabby Carter... Um, oh my God, Gabby! I love her. I know you do, I, I, but I feel like Maitland has now surpassed uh, Gabby. Just your your love of Maitland. Not that it's a competition. Want to be it's clear? Not a competition. Of but course. You love me for me. Yeah, but I, yeah, I know you. You're a big fan of both. And I think this was one of the cases where I texted you and I said, "I got a new one for you." As I am one to do again, there needs to be a psychoanalysis on this whole thing that I'm doing anyway. But uh, <laughs> aside from that, I texted. I said, 
take a look at this. I got a new one for you, Gabby Carter. And I think that I think then you wrote back, oh, you mean the one I just shot two hours and I was like, motherfucker, she beat me to one. Oh, I beat you. I did beat you. Yeah. <laughs> and you were in love. You're like, she's better than the pictures, not only her appearance, but like she has her shit together. She speaks, I think you said eloquently or something like that. And I'm like, what yeah, the hell? Yeah, she's just fan- like, she, she's just another one of those, those stars where you're like, who are you? What, you're like a unicorn. Where did you come from? <laughs> amazing. I, I, yeah, I, I saw pictures of her and then she showed up on set and it was like, I was like, what's wrong with your agent that he didn't warn me that you're 10 times better than you are? <laughs> like, it's just, it, yeah, she's just fantastic. I adore her. And then I, and then I, for whatever reason, again, another psychoanalysis, this will be the second uh, part in the New England Journal of Medicine. But with my, my observation is she has an incredible golf swing. And so she then, does. so then what I do is I go, okay, usually... Now, it might be changing now since you're talking about there are, there are women. It used to be like Jenna Jameson made a million dollars, and then that was it. And now it's like here's a bunch of people making a million dollars in the industry. But uh, that I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you have a golf swing and she's 18 years old like that, then you have to most likely come from a country club background and played the game, which means you probably came from money. And usually, mm-hmm. as I would think you would acknowledge— Usually, if you're coming from a country club background, you don't at 18 or 19 go, oh, and my next step is to move to L.A. or Vegas or Miami to get into porn. And so that's what, outside of her appearance and the fact that clearly you were a big fan of her after you met her and worked with her, that's that's the thing that for me, I'm like, okay, then what's going on here? You know, is this just a case of somebody who just really wanted to get into it or did something happen? Because that's a that's that's not usually the way that it, I think anyway. I mean, what do I know? You're the you're the person in it that it works. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like the industry really has changed so much that like it's legitimately got a lot to offer. And so, yeah, you, you see these, these girls and you're like, God, you're a unicorn. And then they do porn. And the, the old idea that, that there must be something wrong if you made this decision and this and went down this life path, right. it just, just doesn't apply anymore because you're basically in porn. You're essentially living like an influencer. You know, you're probably influencers are probably have having as much transactional sex as we are. <laughs> you're getting the same kind of following, the same free shit and free vacation. Like you kind of just, you're kind of just jump starting and taking a back door into the influencer realm. <laughs> that's like what porn is now. <laughs> so, so with that said, another thing that I think could be contributing to this, and I'm curious if you agree with it, is that. Uh, we did, we did a story on the radio show this morning, uh, gangster Pete producer extraordinaire who is in the studio here with me. Uh, he sent over a link, uh, from a story after the Grammys, Dua Lipa goes to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this story. It's kind of obscure, but we got it from page six this morning. Dua Lipa goes to a strip bar with Lizzo and I can't remember who the other artist was. And... And then people on Twitter initially wanted to cancel her, which this fucks me up, the whole cancel thing, but initially want to cancel her because she was like being what was perceived initially to be degrading to women by dropping dollars on them as they're dancing for. And then there was a correction on it and a backlash to the backlash of saying, well, how can you say you're a feminist if you're not supporting women in whatever way they choose to make their money? And so the reason I bring that up is I think now there is a, and it might not. It might be what much more prominent, Caden, uh, on the coast, or certainly in Southern California, than it would be in the Midwest. 
but there is a pushback to sex shaming or shaming sex workers or degrading people in the sex industry. And perhaps that is making it more socially acceptable for people to get into it than perhaps, say, even as recent as when you decided to get into it. Do you think there's anything to that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no. We, we we are in a fantastic time, in my opinion, where um, all, all the old bullshit where, for example, like when I first came in, girls would show up on set and you'd hear people whispering, oh, her ass is too big or her tits are too small or this is too bad. That is cannot happen the, the the old the homophobia that this that none of that you, you cannot fucking you can't do it it's just not okay anymore if you do it you're going to instantly look like a closed-minded bully you're going to be called out and shamed yourself like there's just no room for it and the fact that it's now moved into you cannot shame people for what they do you cannot shame women for either capitalizing on or enjoying their sexuality, whatever they want to do with their sexuality, they're going to do it. And you can, you can have no feelings on it. You can have feelings on it. Keep it to yourself because you're an asshole. If you have anything to say about it, like that's where we're at. And I love that. Like, I feel like that's part of the reason we're in time where Maitland Ward can succeed because any, any tabloid that's going to come out and be like, and shake their finger at her and be like, Oh, she's doing porn now. They're just going to look like fucking assholes. (laughs) You're, you're going to shame her because a grown-ass woman who has no economic need for this has decided to express herself in this way. Sounds like the problem's with you, not her. Uh, and I, I, I love the fact that this has happened because I personally, it's like if you want to do this and you're a consenting adult, like, God bless. Like, and then if somebody doesn't like it, it's exactly. cool, then don't watch it. And But I've always felt this way. It's just now I feel like this is entering the open marketplace of ideas where people go, yeah, I right. mean, it's not for me, but yeah, fuck it. If they want to do it, good for them. They're, it's their choice. Yeah, it's becoming the majority voice. And, and what's wonderful about that is, is then that, that sort of shadowy victimhood that maybe at one point did exist in the sex industry is being lifted off of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's allowing that, that fresh oxygen to flow in and preventing that shadowy victimhood. So it's just, it's just a fantastic flow. I, I love it. I love seeing it. And that's why we're getting the Emily Willis's and the Gianna Dior's and the Naomi Swan's and the Angela White's of the, of the industry today. It's just, there's so much oxygen moving around. I, I, I love watching this in this time. I'm jealous that it didn't exist in my time. Um, and I even feel like things like OnlyFans being as profitable as they are is in part because there's no shame around having that membership. There's no shame around marketing that that platform. Um, it's just you just go out and you do it and you have fun and you make money and fucking God bless. It's it's fantastic. Do you ever I, I don't even know. Do you have an OnlyFans? No, I, I, I want to, but I don't even have like some of my light bulbs changed in my house right now. <laughs> I just I am working so much. I actually at one point um, did try to put some real energy into making one. And it lasted for about 23 hours. And I didn't get the initial <laughs> that, like, that's, that's enough. Does Manuel <laughs> do it? I don't know if guys do. I have no idea. Do, do guys do it? Guys, or at least I'm acting like I don't do know it. guys do it. Yeah, guys do it. Manuel does not. He, he's talked about it. But he's doing the Twitch thing. I know. I was about to say that like, I, 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 he's, he does his Twitch thing. So what? So what is it that he, so he does like a show on Twitch and it's huge, right? Big. Yeah. Yeah. When he was streaming at ABN, he, he got into the top three streams worldwide. In terms of views at the time. So what he is he doing? Really well, I mean, he's still doing really well. Yeah. Um, he just gets on there and like Manuel's it up. Like <laughs> Manuel's it up. Know? What does that mean to me? <laughs> <laughs> he just speaks in his French accent and I don't know, talks about anime. It's, <laughs> it's like what he does in my bedroom, except for people enjoy it. <laughs> 
Oh, God. All right, final thing, because I know people think they're like, oh, Tim's got Caden on. It's going to be all hot. And I'm like, no, we're probably going to talk business, and we've known each other for like 11 years, so it's, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. Um, but I will ask this. So uh, since since I fancy myself the, the, the great uh, talent scout, uh, you actually are in the know. Give the audience somebody to keep an eye on if you're buying stock in an up-and-coming performer. Who gets your official recommendation because this uh, has clout i'm like just some creep scrolling super brand new yeah 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 what do we got um okay i've got one for you that i haven't even shot yet so i'm just going off of briefly meeting her immediately looking and her up. when i say when i say briefly meeting her i mean i saw her silhouette at expiz and then like i stopped her all night like i was wherever she was i was like watching her because her silhouette alone i was like who the fuck are you <laughs> And then I, I booked her based off, I, I was able to briefly shake her hand. Um, her name is Hallie Hayes. All right, I'm, I'm truly her. not familiar with her. Hallie? No, she's Hallie Hayes. Hallie, like Halle Berry. Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. All right, I just want to um, her up, see what's doing here. I am shooting her in a couple of days. I could not be more excited about this. I can't wait. So, so I, as I told her, she, she has like a, I guess, PR person I, I've known a long time, and I was like, if she fucks as good as she looks, she's going to break the internet. Put that off. That is a wonderful Super clip. Excited about I, I can't find. I, um, she's so obscure nothing. that there's an IMDb that she, but it doesn't show a picture. It just says Brazzers Extra, and then yeah, then, there, there, then there's a, then there's a, there's a mother with her kids, and I assume that's not the no. same the same one you're talking about. Although I guess theoretically it could be. I can't find her. God, you've you've beaten me nope, to the punch on this. This is me I off. I don't like a picture from set. All right. I'm super excited about her. Um, I adore Scarlet Scandal. I don't know if you've not familiar with her yet. either. Boy, this is disappointing. I'm losing my edge. I've lost it. Yeah, I've lost the game. On Scarlet Scandal. Um, I mean, the, 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 the better known ones who have come up in this past year, Naomi Swan is, I think, the fastest rising star who's coming this year. Uh, besides Gabby Carter, who I think was a little before Naomi. Um, yeah. But those at this point are household, not household, but like porn household names. Two years from now, do you think that Gabby and Maitland will still be in the game? I think Maitland is going to forever be a personality. I think Maitland has has made a mark that is going to last a very long time. I think Gabby is just one of those special little unicorns who can do whatever the hell she wants. She's just amazing, and I, I think she'll probably she likes she likes adults. She likes she, she she's living that life that I sometimes say you know I miss. Like she got to she gets to just kind of travel around and yeah. do whatever she wants and like have, have hot sex with people she wants to have sex with and turn down booking. She doesn't want. Yeah. And just, it's essentially just like sports being, talk. It's essentially like sports talk radio. It's the, it's, it's essentially the same thing. Traveling almost, around and having identical. sex with whoever we want. It's essentially what I'm almost, doing. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Identical. And, and final thing, but, but yeah, like, uh, the, the, uh, the, the AVN weekend, you know, uh, I think the last time I saw you was at AVNs a few years ago. Me and Anna Marie come down the elevator, and there you are having dinner with uh, Manuel, and I meet your daughter. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's mm-hmm. it's been a few years. At this point, now now you're in a different spot, though. You're like, you know, you're the Martin Scorsese. Are, at this point, are you like, are you and Manuel going, oh, fuck, it's AVN weekend? Or are you like, sweet, it's AVN weekend? Where are we on this? Because I would have loved well, to have Manuel. been there, but again, we know that I have a, a potpourri of psychological issues. But do you look right, forward right, to it? Right. So Manuel has a newfound interest in AVN via Twitch. Yeah. Because he now twitches from AVN the whole weekend. And for him, he's marrying his love of gaming 
with all of the success he's had in adult. And it's just a really perfect meeting of the two minds. And he enjoys that. Um, I, for the first time ever, flew in on Thursday night to AVN. So I missed the first two convention days. I spent about an hour on the convention floor Friday and then went to the show Saturday. I did a panel in between. Um, so you're minimizing, my- you're minimizing your AVN experience. Well, part of the reason I had to was because I am working so much that I just couldn't take the extra days. Um, and I, I've, this is the first time I've done AVN without becoming deathly ill on the other side of it, which was really a big win for me this year. Everybody gets sick um, at AVNs. That's not a bullshit. Our producer everybody. went out there, Iggy, I, I understand he was texting you. Yeah, if that wasn't supposed to happen, I'd like to apologize, by the way. But, oh, no, no, it's fine. I probably forgot to respond. But, you know, <laughs> but, but he, 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 he said, I'm not going this year because I get sick. And I'm like, I wonder what the hell this is about. Because I know he's not fucking anybody, you know? No, it's, it's just, so you're talking about a, a, a close proximity of barely closed people hugging everywhere, breathing casino air, partying nonstop with no sleep for four days straight and culminating in an even bigger party after AVN. Like, it, it's just not okay for your body. <laughs> it's exhausting. Did, did, you, did you and Manuel actually go out? Um, we went to uh, an official, like, deeper party. That was the, the only go out we did. And, and how, how late that did you really stay out? Cool. Not, not very late. I think till 1 a.m. <laughs> and really, the only reason I went, I, I wanted to see, like, my brand name, like, on the wall of Tao. That, that was, that was like, it. the big night. Yeah, that it was wasn't the... like, I want to I wanna dance to a DJ. It's like, <laughs> I want to see my logo that I own on the wall of Tao. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> hey, I, I understand it. I mean, that's, that's where we are. At this point, I mean, we've, we had this text exchange before it's, we've, we've enjoyed, you know, whatever creepery we, we got to enjoy. Obviously you're still doing it, but from a different uh, perspective in the industry. And now we both are just happy being, you know, spouses and, uh, and parents. And I would take that over the creepery. For sure. It's an amazing, time, amazing thing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I would have never, th- you told me this would be the case 10 years ago. No, no way. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing I'd yeah, rather do than hang out with my wife and my son. Yeah, but it's it's awesome. It's it's funny how you change. Yeah, well, congratulations on the success. I'm super happy for you. I still think Thank had you. we done the show with Artie Lang, uh, we'd be living um, in 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 respective penthouses in New York and uh, sliding doors. Uh, sliding doors. Thank you. Now you've got my obscure Gwyneth Paltrow 1998 reference. You and Manuel can watch that and go. Ah, I'm nice. actually. I, I'm so obsessed with the premise. I'm probably going to go watch the movie and make my version of it. Yes. God, I've contributed again to the stag industry. You are a contributor. Yes, that's what I've been looking for. You have worthwhile things. (laughs) Thank you for talking me up. I needed it. Caden, thank you so much, especially considering I texted you two minutes before we started this interview. And look, we just like, I don't even know. What did we do, Pete? An hour? 50 minutes of just bullshitting. It's wonderful. Yes. Caden. That's the bullshit we created. That's what we do. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you, sister. Good to talk to you. See ya. So there it is, Caden Cross here on the Tim McKernan Show, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, uh, talking it over and uh, just BSing about the business, BSing about her career, BSing about uh, how we um, nearly worked together, not, of course, in that capacity, but in the radio capacity. And uh, she was at a point... Right then, I guess she had been a performer at that point for about four years, where she's kind of at that fork in the road where she's like, should I keep performing, should I not? 
and it, and it actually would be her, and even even relatively recently, and, then, and by that I mean like a handful of years ago, more recent than 2013, just texted me like, what's going on? Any chance we can do a show? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Well, now, you know, with technology as it is, uh, Pete, we could put her on, I don't know what it would be. Would it be Zoom or whatever people are using right now to... to uh, Zoom's the hot, hot app. Th- it does seem to be that way. And... Um, and just communicate. Maybe that would be the move. And then maybe bring on some stag starlets and uh, do interviews. I don't know. I just, I mean, if we're going to be at home, let's just let's just do as much as we can and see what winds up sticking. Plenty of it will fail, but, you know, if we try 20 things and one sticks, you know, that's a win. Um, so who knows? But anyway, I really, you know, we just um, have always gotten along, and it's not just like, oh, you're Caden Cross, and I like watching your stag videos. It's not. And I did we talk about this in that conversation? Because I'm, I'm doing this without having listened to the interview, and it's been two months since. Did I bring up how it's awkward for – I know we talk about it with Lisa Ann. Like if I'm scrolling through – I don't know if you specifically stag- mentioned that's awkward. But uh-huh. I, I mean, I think you talked about your friendship a little bit. Yeah, well, so I can't – I can't – like it pops up, and it's like, oh, I can't watch it. I don't want to watch it. It's weird, and it's a weird thing. And then I know when in talking with Lisa Ann about it that um, she said, yeah, a lot of my friends say that, that they cannot watch my scenes. And, and I, don't know, I don't know what that phenomenon is. I'm sure there's something psychological about it. But, uh, yeah, it's like this is like, this is like my like, buddy, and I don't want to see it. And that's really weird. So th- with regard to our rapport... Like I said, she, um, she, you know, she's met Anna Marie. We've all hung out a few times. I've met her uh, husband and her daughter, and so it's just like kind of just like a friend. But I recognize when I say it, people are like, "Oh, what?" You know, because that's just not. It's weird though. But people like in that industry, it seems, are kind of like on their in their own island, and then like the mainstream can't interact with that which i've always thought to be weird I, she invited us to her baby shower in los angeles so it's just a, it's a different deal but i do think i do remember this part of the interview pete and i'm anxious to see if this happens uh, both from my own sexual curiosity and uh and being a creep now in my mind of course sexually healthy but i'm sure everybody else would say creep not everybody but 99 percent of people would say creep um with people now able to make as much money as they can in adult if you will see what's happened with Maitland Ward who we spent a good amount of time talking about if you will see more mainstream actresses who kind of plateaued and then you know no longer were getting gigs get into adult and Caden was like oh absolutely it's no question it is it is already happening and is going to continue to happen gangster Pete I ask you this boy do you see that happening yeah, there's all, all types of new revenue streams, new ways to get your name out there or be seen and, you know, add a few bucks. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I'm ha- I mean, that'd be wonderful. I really feel that way. I really honestly do. And I'm sure everybody who's hearing this, who at this point has listened to everything, would probably be in the same camp. I think it's great. And I had no idea that they, that they were making as much as they were. And again, this isn't everybody. But because you can, you know, own your own stuff, like... You know, I'm fresh off of what we had talked about on the radio show today, my first Twitch 
session and the fact that 90 people watched me play poker yesterday blows me away. But, you know, in communicating with these people who are seasoned veterans of Twitch, they're like, well, first off, that's insane that that many people watched your very first one because I hadn't even created my account this time yesterday. But secondly, if you do start to do it regularly, there's real money in it. Now, not to say that, you know, these people are making absurd amounts of money, but there's real money in it. And it's one of those things, once you get your eyes open to controlling your own content and the generation of revenue on all of these different platforms, what you can do with it, it's a different ballgame. Because I think we're all kind of predisposed growing up, I think, to look for the best paying job, which would mean a guaranteed paycheck. But as time goes on with technology evolving, there is a direct correlation between keeping your own content as you create it and monetizing it for yourself, essentially being your own boss. And uh, that is what ha- what is happening in that world, and I suppose it's also happening in some capacity um, in the world of broadcast. And, and I'm not just talking about, like, sports takes or news takes, although you certainly see it. Uh, I'm talking about people playing video games, people playing poker, whatever. Um, so it's a combination of adult and entrepreneurialship. That's what today's podcast was here on the program. And uh, we're grateful for uh, Caden taking time out to talk it over with us. You can email me anytime, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com, both for questions slash opinions from the audience. And then also you can uh, email in with your feedback, whatever. It is all welcomed anytime, Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Thank you to our sponsors, TheHomeLoanExpert.com, Marcana, Evergreen Wealth Strategies at EvergreenSTL.com. Thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. And Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Chevy, find new roads online at landoff.com. For Gangster Pete, I'm Tim McKernan. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.